Before we get into things, I wanted to mention that I'm still taking coaching clients. So if getting a better sense of organization around your productivity, your life in general, or maybe just want to start at the beginning and just say, what do I value and where am I going and what am I trying to figure out? We can do that too. Because I'm in the middle of a certification program now, I'm deeply discounting my rates as I look to work with as many people as I can and accumulate as many coaching hours as I can. If that's of interest, head over to johnpolster.com slash coaching and read a little bit more about it and send me an email. We'll set up a time to talk. There's no obligation for the first meeting and you can ask any questions you want. We'll also use that first meeting to coach through a a smaller topic so you can kind of get a sense as to what coaching with me is like and what that might look like overall. I want to talk about managing task lists and to-do items. This has come up with multiple clients and it's an area that I find people often get discouraged about, including myself, uh, which, you know, kind of defeats the whole purpose of Having a task tracking system, I think most of us would agree the purpose of the system is to help us feel better and get things done, not make us feel more depressed or overwhelmed. So I thought it might be useful to share some of the ideas that I have, the experiences that I've had, things that have worked, maybe things that haven't, in hopes that maybe they'll help someone else out there. And I would also just add the, the the caveat that, you know, even after almost 25 years in the workplace, I still feel like I'm a student of this area. I'm still tweaking and tuning and evolving and borrowing from one technique and stealing from another and trying something that works and it works for a while and that doesn't. And so I think this might just be one of those things that's just a constant evolution over our lives the key, I think, is to remain flexible and to really take advantage of something when it's working and when it's not, to figure out why and move on to something better. So here's what I'm looking for in a to-do system, or here's what I found has worked really well and, and also what's important about it. First, it's flexible enough that it can change as I do. Uh, it Also, that it won't let critical things drop. It's easy to maintain, however you define that. Some people would say it's an app on their phone. Other people like me would say it requires something to write with and to write on, and that's it. Um, And then also, I would also say that a a good system is one that's not overwhelming, or it can be turned into not being overwhelming. So where this often shows up is a tool like Trello. It's great because you can add unlimited cards, and before you know it, you have a board with 300 cards in there, but every time you open it, you get overwhelmed and depressed because there's so much to do. So one of the key things that you can do with Trello is to filter cards and hide them so that you know you can have it show you only the cards that you want to see or need to see. I think it's also important to, you know, getting back to my point of, of something that won't let critical things drop, it's a system that you can put your full confidence in. I think this is where the peace and the lack of feeling overwhelmed and stress can come is when you know you have a system that works good enough. I don't think any system is 100% fail-safe, but it works good enough that you can put your full confidence in it that it's going to catch all the really important things that you need to do. 
A good example of this could be in a given day, if I know there are five important things that must have to happen, I'll create five post-its and stick them on my desk. I know at the end of the day that when those post-its are gone, I'm good. I covered all the things I needed to. If that post is still there, I still have work to do. So it's very cut and dry, very clear, very simple. And I find that that level of simplicity gives me confidence and then just kind of puts my mind at ease that, you know, I'm covering what I need to. Some of the thoughts I have here on task systems is to really do what works for you. I know there are several well-known people in the productivity space and elsewhere, you know, David Allen's getting things done and any number of other different people. They all have their systems. They talk about how their systems work and how great they are and how in love they are with them. I say if their system doesn't work for you, that doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. It just means that their system doesn't work for you. So find something that works for you. And I find for me that my systems have a limited shelf life. I find that I'm constantly rotating between three or four different ways of tracking things and remaining clear on what needs to get done. So what worked yesterday might not work today, so don't beat yourself up about it. So be flexible. So don't just grind on a system just to grind on it. If it doesn't work, listen to that. Sometimes it requires discipline, yeah, to kind of keep a system going, but sometimes the best thing you can do is throw it away and start over. A great example of this is my post-its. I'll have post-its on my desk. I don't recommend ever sticking them to your monitor, but I like to line them up in a line, a single line on my desk of just kind of order a priority. Sometimes I use those post-its for a week or two, and sometimes I recycle them if it's, you know, a kind of a reoccurring task. And sometimes those post-its just, they just have negative energy around them, and they're just kind of, there's just, I don't know how to describe it. It's just kind of not a positive feeling that I see because I've been seeing them so often or I'm tired of them. Anyway, I'll just throw them all away. And maybe I'll start with a different color of post-it or different colored pins or some type of variety to just kind of reboot things and, and start over again. So I think it's totally fine to start over again. Again, use what works for you. And, you know, the the people that talk about how they execute their systems with ease and it's like walking on the beach and it's beautiful sunset. I don't know. I just got to believe that they're human like we are and that their systems don't always work 100%, 100% of the time. I just have to believe that their systems don't work 100% of the time. So again, the big takeaway here is don't compare yourself to other people. Figure out what works for you. So over the years, I've come up with, and again, the whole caveat of my whole conversation here is (laughs) if what I share doesn't work for you, that's totally cool. Take something that I'm using that sounds good to you and try it out. Maybe you'll find a couple things that work here. Hopefully at least one or two of them will, but I kind of doubt that all of them will. So without realizing it, I've come up with two tiers of systems. And I tripped over this recently with a client as we were kind of exploring what they were looking for and what was important to them in the system. And, And i it just kind of jumped out to me that, oh, so this is how my system has evolved and this is what it is. So there's the two, two, there's two, I call them two tiers, I guess. There's the daily system. So how I manage those things that have to be done on a daily 
longest duration there is weekly, but I really only plan by the day. I'm I'm pretty agile in my planning. So daily versus what I call deep storage. Deep storage is like the best example of this is my wife and I have a Trello board that we use for house projects. I'll caveat this for any of the guys out there. Uh, my wife doesn't totally love this, and I've heard this from multiple people, including another client uh, that does not enjoy the uh, spousal Trello system for managing stuff. With that caveat there, we still use it. Over time, my wife's come to like it a little bit more. But the idea here is that this, our home Trello board is anything that needs to happen with regards to running our household, keeping our house in running order, our cars, anything that has to do with our family and our household goes in there. So it could be we need to paint the house or uh, big projects that eventually we want to work on. Or it could be as simple as the outlet in the den is broken and needs to be replaced, which I did just the other weekend because I was scanning through the board of, oh, what are all the things that need to be done? And I was like, oh, yeah, I'd forgotten all about that. Another one that's been hanging over my head is the rain gutters are leaking and it's quickly becoming rain season. So we need to do something about that. Anyway, Trello, I find, is a great place for kind of the deep storage. It's kind of the holding place for everything that needs to be done either short-term or long-term. If it needs to happen short-term and it can just get done, it usually gets picked up in my daily system. But Trello is kind of the place where I keep the longer-term stuff. I also do this for work, so I have a Red Hat board that's full of projects and things that need to get done that I haven't quite gotten to or I need to remember to do them. This works a lot better and is way easier to prioritize than trying to use your inbox. I think using an inbox as a, t- as a task system, it can work. I do it sometimes on a very short-term basis if I'm traveling or something like that. But on the whole, it is a horrible place, I think, to keep a to-do list. But again, if it works for you and your system works, have at it. The key, though, with this deep storage place is that it gets periodically reviewed. So every Saturday or two, I take it on myself to scan the Trello board to see, you know, what needs to be done, what needs to be reprioritized, what's coming up that we haven't dealt with yet, and do those kind of things. And because my wife isn't totally thrilled with Trello, that's part of where this daily system kind of evolved from. So a lot of times what I'll do is I'll scan the Trello board and I'll pull out, you know, five or six things that I think we probably should deal with on a particular weekend. And I might create some post-its for it or, you know, raise them for discussion with, hey, I think, you know, before the end of the weekend, we should talk about that trip we want to take. Should we buy tickets? Uh, This party we need to go to, you know, whatever the case might be. But use, I'll basically extract things from Trello so that she doesn't have to go into Trello. On the flip side, Trello has become a very, very positive way to collect all those things that she wants help with or she needs me to do. I love it because then I don't get an email, I don't get a text, I don't get something that's like, hey, I need you to fix the outlet or I need you to do this or this needs to happen this weekend. Instead, she'll just go in there and create cards for those things that need to get done. And then when I review the board, I see them. Again, then they're not stuck in my email or stressing me out when I don't want to be thinking about 
what needs to happen with the house. To loop back on this, I see these, I, I find these task systems are broken down two ways. The long-term, bigger, deep storage, backlog, whatever you want to call it, and then kind of the daily tactical. Now, in the daily tactical, in terms of the things that I use here, I am rotating between <laughs> four by four post-it notes and a Sharpie, which I love, as, you, as I mentioned in previous episodes. I think I mentioned in one episode I was totally all in on them. Then I had stopped using them. Well, I've gone back to them. I'm not currently using them today, but they could show up at any moment. Uh, another favorite is a blank sheet of copy paper, and I draw. I write down what needs to happen, and then I draw a circle or a box around it, and then I'll draw a big X through it when it gets done. And then, you know, on a given day, there might be, I don't know, 10 or 15 circles of different things that need to happen. I just find that so much more pleasant and enjoyable to look at than a, you know, a yellow legal pad with this huge list of things. Uh, occasionally, I've used notebooks or composition books. A second favorite to the post-its is uh, three by five uh, index cards. Again, use a sh- highly recommend a sharpie or a big, like, thick marker to write on them, so they're easy to read, as a pol- as opposed to a, like a ballpoint pen. So, anyway, those are some of the different things that I'll rotate through in terms of tracking those daily things. Here's some other things that I found really work well in terms of daily success when it comes to managing to-do items. The first is planning them the night before. I don't know what it is about first thing in the day, even if you just had that perfect cup of coffee and done whatever favorite morning routine you have. I find that there is just a completely different level of clarity that comes the night before, even if you're super tired, that comes at night, the day before, about what needs to happen the next day. And so I've had some of my most productive days when the night before I've written out those five or six post-it notes or maybe they're already on my desk, but I've sat down and kind of reprioritized them, maybe taken one of them and stuck it right in the middle of my desk, which is to say, when you sit down here tomorrow, that's the first thing you need to work on. Setting it up and picking those things the night before. And again, it could be that your system is you go into Trello and you scan Trello and you say, okay, what are the five or six things I need to do tomorrow to make sure I'm really on top of things? Or scan your email. So whatever your whatever your deeper storage place is, scan it the night before and then create those smaller tactical things you're going to do the next day. I recommend it be like the top five to seven things No more unless you're just absolutely going to crush all seven and run out, which is probably unlikely. My experience is I'll create, you know, a whole like 10 of them and get to two of them. And it doesn't feel so great at the end of the day. The other thing I found works really well is to break down. I think I'm stealing this from getting things done, which is to, to break things down into smaller chunks. So, you know, a task, maybe a a particular post it is like the most amount of time that post-it takes is four hours. So if you have a presentation that's maybe going to take you, I don't know, three days to create in the long run, maybe you create a post-it that just says create five slides or create 10 slides or something something that's more manageable, that's more time-bound, that will also give you a sense of progress. Because chances are you can't sit down for 10 hours straight tomorrow to work on that presentation. Now, sometimes you're in a crunch and that's what you got to do. But generally, you're you probably only have a, a finite amount of energy and, and brain power to give to that presentation. So 
chip away at it. Give, you know, commit to, you know, create different post-its that represent, you know, 10 slides or five slides or whatever. So then when you get that one post-it done, I like to just wad it up and throw it away. And then my list is shorter and I have that sense of accomplishment. Another thing that I found critical or key, and I, I think I only figured this out in last year, is having a visible task list, like visible, like visible as in in front of you at all times. So what what's happened for me is my desk has kind of evolved in that the upper left corner of my desk is my row of post-its or, uh, or I'll have this blank piece of copy paper on a clipboard that that clipboard just lives on my desk. No matter what I'm doing, I can glance over and look at it and see that those are the things that need to get done. I find that, uh, like, what's funny, you know, I've never been tempted to go on social media or check my email or waste time by looking at my to-do list. But I've lost track of the number of times I've gone to Trello to look something up or add something only to end up somewhere on the internet I didn't belong. Just wasting time. I really have a high preference for things that are visible and that I can, you know, see and touch all day long. Something else that's also helpful here is sometimes on my piece of paper for the day, I'll create a no list. I'll make a list of, you know, no email before noon, which I wish happened a lot more than it does. Or, you know, no Twitter, no no internet surfing or no news or whatever the no's are that are going to help make that day that much more productive. Those are great things to write down and to get really clear on and to continuously look at throughout the day. I've also found it to be really positive to have it really easy to make new to-do items. So whether that's, you know, my handy Sharpie, I have different colors, Those that's kind of fun to get the multicolor pack. Uh, whether it's the Sharpie and the Post-its are just there waiting, whether it's a, you know, my blank, my copy paper, the blank piece of paper that I, with a pen where I can just pick it up and add that next thing. I find that is another great way to, you know, reduce the distractions and, and stay on track. Another tactic here, if you're like me and you spend a tremendous amount of time in email, is to create an alias for the email address that Trello boards get. So an often overlooked feature of Trello is the ability to email cards to a Trello board. I'll put a link to this in the notes on how to do it. It's super simple. So every Trello board has a unique address. And what I've done at work is I just created an alias called... Red Hat Trello or something like that. So if in the middle of the day I think, oh, you know, I need to set up a call with this person or, oh, I should kick off this project or just that thing that pops in your mind and you don't want to go to the web, I'll just compose a quick email so the subject line becomes the title of the card and then you can, I think you can use some markdown and some other stuff as the body of your email that will end up in the body of that Trello card. So again, Find out the email address for your Trello board, create a little alias for it, and then you just mail it. And that's a really great way to just offload stuff. You can configure Trello so that the incoming email cards end up in a particular column. You can have them go to a particular column. You can have them go to the top or the bottom. And uh, anyway, I found that's a really very low-friction way to keep track of additional to-dos without them just kind of ending up all over the place. Another approach here is just to create another post-it or, uh, 
you know, whatever simple method you found works for you. And that about wraps up how I go about managing my to-do list. I think there's a really, I've never thought of this before, but it, again, it came in working with this client to see this natural breakdown between the longer term stuff that, yes, is completely overwhelming if not curated, managed, or, you know, abstracted when you don't need to be looking at it. And then kind of the daily tactical approach that I've taken with manual to-do lists. So I'd be curious if there's anyone else out there that that has found this, you know, in this age of electronic tracking and everything has gone from the electronic back to the more old-fashioned, old-school, whatever the term you want to use. But, you know, the paper and pencil. I'm strangely finding this also with Kindle books. I have been gravitating back towards reading physical books, and I just... I don't know what it is exactly, but I'm finding them more enjoyable. Give a shout out too if you if you have some thoughts on that. So there's my to-do list system. If you have questions or observations or thoughts, uh, just let me know. And uh, maybe we can include them in a future podcast. So this month, my coaching certification program ramps up and I must have a certain number of paying clients to remain in the program. I have every intention of remaining in the program and getting the most out of it, which probably comes as no surprise if you've listened to me or followed me for any period of time. In order to meet that number, I'm deeply discounting my rates to make sure that I meet the number of required clients and get as many hours as possible to get the most out of this program. To find out more about what this means, send an email to podcast at johnpolster.com or go to my website, johnpolster.com slash coaching and sign up for a free mini session. A mini session is approximately 30 minutes of you and me on the phone talking about an area or problem in your life that you would like to move forward, ways on how to do that. And you'll also get to experience firsthand a little bit of kind of a taste of what coaching looks like with me. After that point, there's no obligation. I'll only follow up with you if you want me to. And we'll just kind of leave things there. There's no obligation or anything after that. If you want to learn more about what the discounts that I'm offering in conjunction with my certification program are, I can share those at that time as well. And if not, we'll just uh, leave things there. Thanks for listening to The John Polster Show. Notes, links, and all that other good stuff for this episode are at johnpolster.com slash podcast. If you have questions or ideas around the podcast, send those to podcast at johnpolster.com. 